Well, <laughs> here it is, the big moment we've been waiting for. All right, this is the uh, first ever podcast of yet to be named. We haven't come up with the name yet, but yep. this is uh, the this is an experiment, you know. You be around dirt bikes in the motocross industry long enough. You, you mean uh, not very long at all? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you're around it for any sort of amount of time, uh, I don't know, you kind of get the, uh, the itch to just talk about it. Well, let's, so let's just lay out to all one people that are listening what exactly this is. Yeah. So <clears throat> my name is Connor. I'm Hayden. This is Hayden. And uh, we both grew up around motocross. We uh, have loved it for forever. And we just recently got back into it. So <laughs> Recently as in this year. <laughs> yep. Uh, about eight months ago. Yeah. And... We loved it so much, and I listened to all these awesome moto podcasts, and I was like, you know what, let's just that. like start one, and zero people are going to listen to it, but who cares? It's going to be fun. Right? I mean, what's the point of, you know, all this if you don't have fun, so. Yeah, so what I thought we could do is we could start this whole thing out by both of us kind of tell like our upbringing and how we like first got into dirt bikes oh, and yeah. everything like that. Definitely. So you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Um, right. So like the first time I ever rode a, a motorcycle, my dad actually kind of got me into motorcycles because he had a, a 1992 Yamaha Virago. He bought brand new off the showroom floor and uh, it's been in the family ever since. But um, before I could even like reach the, the, you know, the controls on it, he would put me in his lap and I would just be, you know, riding it and uh, he'd let me drive down the street with it with him, like sitting right behind me basically. Um, never really got the off-road experience until I was like in middle school. Uh, one of my buddies, Aaron, he, uh, got a, a 1997 Honda CR 125. And, uh, dude, when I tell you that was probably the coolest thing I'd ever seen as like a middle schooler got me hooked instantly. Um, I had like six acres of property at my house in Michigan and, um, uh, I'd kind of built like rough skilled small jumps or whatever. And, you know, we got free dirt from somebody. Um, and we just kind of built this little like motocross track in our backyard and yeah. he came over and we would go race it. And I had never been on it cause I'd always race like the utility quad that my dad had <laughs> growing up. It was like an Articat 300, mm -hmm. um, you know, something super safe for us to ride cause couldn't get a dirt bike yet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopped on that bike for the first time. And I think I barely could touch the ground with like one foot. And, uh, I was absolutely terrified. Uh, like, like had no idea like how to operate this thing. Cause it's massive. Uh, and I started around first year, got into the power van for the first time. And I was like, <laughs> I was hooked, man. It was, it was crazy. Like you, you get the taste of the throttle for, you know, a split second. You're like, dude, this thing's so fast. And like, um, yeah, I was kind of hooked. And from there on, we had just been like doing a bunch of goon stuff with it. Like we'd go ride in the backyards of like random strangers houses, like out in like suburbans and just absolutely like we'd get the cops called on us and we, we, we just did dumb stuff all the time with their bikes. Uh, and then I got this like street trail bike. It was a 1995, I think it was, um, Suzuki DR 350S. And we absolutely did the most like rad stuff on it like <laughs> we'd be flying i'd be like hauling down like streets in it you know doing wheelies and um just messing around and, and stuff like that but um 
you know, like riding dirt bikes as a kid was like me hanging out with my buddies and we'd just go do whatever we wanted and like go hit, you know, fields that were like empty and barren and just go rip them up and stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean, never really had an opportunity to own my own dirt bike, but I lived vicariously through like my buddies and stuff. But um, yeah, man, like it was definitely a passion of mine. Just never really got to like go full fledged into it because of like money and stuff like that. So I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm glad where I started out because, um, you know, who knows what happened, but the yeah. bikes were definitely a, an upbringing that like I always enjoyed, you know, just good memories. That's yeah. all they were. So how'd you end up with this thing? So a crazy story. <laughs> um, the first time I met Connor, uh, which was probably eight months ago. Yeah. Six probably, months ago. Probably. Um, we met one night at like trivia, uh, and he like instantly just started talking about dirt bikes, like, and like how cool, you know, would that be to own a dirt bike? And like, dude, you should get a dirt bike. We ride. And I'm like, dude, like I'm a grown adult now. Like I have like adult money. Like what am I doing? You know, like not owning a dirt bike. And so that night I went out and bought a dirt bike for $2,000 and, I got this uh, yeah. 2000 CR125, man. So living the glory days, man. And um, yeah, yeah, I remember I literally it. like I, I met you that night and like you like got my phone number. Yeah, and I and messaged I like, you. I was like, yeah, I was, just got this dirt bike like a month or two ago. And then like that night, you like sent me a screenshot. You're like, going to look at this one right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, like, I barely yeah. know this guy and he's about to buy a dirt bike. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just like how, you know, how like, how much I love dirt bikes. Like I, I remembered it so fondly. And like, I still like, I remember it super clear. Like the first time I ever got on like a two stroke man. And like, I was instantly hooked and you know, like it was two stroke or nothing. And yeah. you know, um, it was just a completely different experience. And when I found somebody that shared that same experience, I was like, dude, <laughs> get me on this train as quick as possible. Cause and I like just bought that two stroke. Yeah, and exactly. You also just had bought, you know, that bike. So like we were both kind of new and you had a 2001 CR 125 and uh -huh. I have a, a 2000. So like they're basically identical bikes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like how cool that is. And we just like happen to meet and then boom, both their bikes, like connections. Um, and just, going all in like i had to buy i remember buying gear and stuff like i bought everything i needed to ride in like a week uh and then like turns out like the bike that i bought was absolute garbage <laughs> and i couldn't ride it that's how but, it, that's how it always goes you're like oh yeah. i want to look cool and then you're like yeah oh dang it there's all this stuff. dude like literally safety things that like i had a, a seven millimeter socket um in between the swing arm and the axle bolt, like adjusting my chain <laughs> yeah, tension. If you have a picture of that, we'll, oh we'll throw that on the yeah. video right it, now. <laughs> it was so bad. Like I, I, I couldn't, like when I test drove the bike, I'm like, I feel bad riding it right now because it doesn't, it's not safe to ride. And like <laughs> he had a completely wrong spark plug in there. I mean the whole nine yards with the bike, like it was just unsafe. And I, oh, I definitely overpaid like, you know, buyer's remorse, whatever. But like now that I own it, like this thing's so much fun to rip. I honestly wouldn't probably wouldn't trade it. And after like yeah. everything I've been through with it, like how, how do you get rid of something like that? Like, I don't know. It's just good memories. Well, now you got it running close to perfect. So uh, yeah, yeah, basically. So after I get the, uh, the new clutch put in, uh, um, rejet the carve a little bit better and lean her out and rebuild it every six hours. <laughs> yeah. Rebuild every six hours.
Yeah, so uh, that you. brings you to pretty much right now. Yeah, that's pretty close to pretty close to right now. So let me think back. So when I was in fifth grade, my dad. So my dad, he had grown up. I don't know if he like he didn't like race dirt bikes, but he was around mm-hmm. dirt bikes. They they lived on some land, and he had like they had like a three wheeler at one point, and like oh, yeah, he yeah. grew up like kind of tinkering on two strokes, and he wasn't like a like hardcore motocross rider or anything but he he grew up around bikes so i guess when i was in fifth grade he got the idea he's like hey i kind of want to get my son into considering this yeah so i remember one day he pulled home from work and he had borrowed his co-worker's son's xr 100 <laughs> you know like old trail bike yeah. um and I remember he pulled it on a trailer in the driveway. I was like, oh my gosh, a dirt bike. This is so cool. <laughs> like I had never really even like thought about owning a dirt yeah. bike before that. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I figured I'd bring this home. And like, we'll kind of see what y'all think about it. So there was a middle school right across the street from our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the whole family went over there with the dirt bike. And we all took turns riding it. Yeah. I remember my mom ghost biked the whole thing. No <laughs> way. The first time she, oh she, she got it. was an XR100. So it had a clutch, but it was yeah. a trail bike. So the first time she jumped on it. We were in the middle of the field, dumped the clutch, oh bike straight wheeled out from under. We thought it was hilarious. Dude, that's but, amazing. Especially on a trail bike, too, because like, <laughs> yeah. those things like make no power. So like, no, I mean, your, your mom, full throttle yeah, your mom just wide so, open, <laughs> just like dumps the clutch. Yeah, I still remember that from, from fifth grade. But uh, Oh, that's awesome. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, so we, I kind of learned how to ride on that thing. That bike was a good bit too big for me because I was like... Mm-hmm. Super small. I mean, XR100 is still like a kid's bike, but it was yeah. it was definitely too big for me. Um, but I learned how to use the clutch, learned how to kind of shift through some gears on the out in the field. And then a few weeks later, uh, my dad was like, all right, we're, we're going to get some dirt bikes. I was like, awesome. <laughs> so I got a Honda 80 trail bike, CRF 80. Mm-hmm. And my dad got a CRF 230, which is also a trail bike. Mm-hmm. And we would go and just like go putt around. There was like this power line trail that was yeah. like 10 minutes from my house. And it was pretty cool because like I don't think you would ever see this nowadays. But you, we would go to this like, you know, undeveloped lot with power lines. We go ride around. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like like two acres down from the police station. No but way. But the police did what? not care. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, like they they like they like obviously knew we were over there because we were yeah. riding dirt bikes around. You can literally hear it. Yeah. And it was like in, it was in like downtown Swanee, Georgia. <laughs> and downtown. Literally like there's like this like, now it's like you would never get away with it. Yeah. But this, I mean, this was like, what was fifth grade? That was probably, that would have been 2005. Mm-hmm. So that was like, what, 15 16 yeah. years ago just about yeah Holy um, cow. but like every once in a while the police would show up and they'd be like hey like we got a call like it was never like hey you're trespassing get off this property it was yeah, always yeah. like hey we got a call we gotta ask you to pack it up and she's like all right well see you next time like they would never say like don't come back or anything okay and so like, it was a pretty cool little place to learn how to ride yeah um and then my dad quickly outgrew his want for that bike mm-hmm. he got a 250R Honda race bike. And then I was still putting around on my 80. Um, and then I think it was for my birthday. I, so at this point, I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. For my birthday, I got Honda come out with the new Honda CRF 150R. Yeah. Four stroke, which 
I guess it had been out for a little bit. I remember I wanted that bike so bad and uh Justin Barsha was like the big, like yeah. the face of that bike. Mm-hmm. They had they had these commercials on the Supercross races where it was like little, which no one even knew Justin Barsha was. I mean, yeah. he was like an amateur rider. Sure, sure. But it was like this little Justin Barsha ripping around this Honda 150. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want that bike so bad. And so I got that bike for my birthday one year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is like the ultimate bike. I mean, at that point, like, you know, it's, it's the same size as the 85s. Um, but it's a four stroke and it was the first time they'd ever made like a four stroke race bike for like my size person. Mm-hmm. Um, which apparently now it's like not a very good bike. People kind of trash it. <laughs> and like, like me, so me and Hayden went to Loretta's, which we'll talk about that probably in another show. Yeah. But I don't think I saw a single Honda 150R at Loretta's. No, there wasn't a single one. Everybody's on a two stroke out there or like they're on big bikes. So. Yeah. So I get, I mean, it was an awesome bike for me though. Like had a ton of power mm. was like that 85 frame. Yeah. Um, and so I got that bike and I'd still never done any races before. And so we would go out to like this place called Durham town in Georgia. There were a couple other tracks, Monroe, which is where me and you ended up going a few weeks ago. Um, it's funny. I have a, I have a picture of me. This was back when I was selling my 80, yeah. but me and my dad beside each other at this track that me and Hayden literally raced at. Couple weeks, a couple ago. weeks ago yeah and i was like literally like little fifth grader Dude, but that's uh so, cool. so anyway so i got that 150 and then i got my buddy into riding mm-hmm. um and his whole family got into it he had he got the same bike as me the honda 150r uh his dad got like a 450 and his brother had a four-wheeler and so fast forward to probably eighth grade we were riding out at durham town and my buddy austin flipped over the handlebars on his bike this was out at, if any if anyone listening's familiar with Durham Town, I think it's called MX4. It's like, basically there's like all these trails. Mm-hmm. They lead to like tracks kind of in the middle of the woods at this yeah. place. And so this place was like, it was a track that was like a couple miles back in the woods. And my buddy Austin hit a jump, flipped over the handlebars and he landed on his feet. And he kind of like walked off the track. Like he was like, you know, like, oh, I'm kind of hurting. But we all just assumed he was fine because yeah. he landed on his feet. Uh, he like walked off the track. I still remember seeing, I, I wasn't on the track at the time. Mm-hmm. I was watching him ride, watch him go over the bars, watch him like, he like crunched down and then walked off the track to the picnic table. And we were all just like, oh, that's kind of weird. And like, he, he started hurting pretty bad, but we were just like, oh, he must just like, yeah. be like sore from falling. But they ended up taking him on, they had like a little like side by side, the resort did. They took him back to the front on that side by side and we just kept riding enjoying our day. And a few hours later we got a call. It was like, Hey, Austin got life flighted out of here. And we we're like, what? Jeez. That seems pretty intense. Holy and cow. so come to find out he, he had to get life flighted out of Durham town, went to the hospital in Atlanta and turned out he tore his spleen. Holy cow. And Dude. yeah. So we got home that night. My mom had a sign on the door that said, we're selling the dirt bikes. Oh man. And so sold, we had to sell my dirt bike. My buddy ended up being in the hospital for like a month and a half. So that was like pretty, Holy cow. that was That's weird huge. being That's like, like an eighth grader. Yeah. I remember, I think it was over Thanksgiving break when my buddy tore his spleen. And I don't think he went back to school till like, it, it was definitely the next semester. So it was yeah. like, he was in the hospital for like at least a month, maybe two months. Okay. Um, and so yeah, like my my mom was like, "That's it, we're selling the dirt bikes." Yeah, which like at the time, like it was like definitely understanding. Like I was super bummed as like this little eighth grader. And mm-hmm. I remember like 
we had like started to research racing because I was like about to start like competing in races and I was like so excited for that. And then it was like, we're selling dirt bikes and I was like, oh, so anyway, so that was eighth grade. Um, when I was in like 10th or 11th grade, I did convince my parents to let me get a pit bike Mm. and that thing never left the neighborhood. (laughs) We had this like little retention pond down at the end of, uh, my street. Yeah. And so me and my buddy, we had built a little BMX track down there Mm -hmm. and then we both got pit bikes the same year for Christmas and we converted it into a little like pit bike track. And I'm sure that I'm sure the neighbors hated us. So we lived in like a subdivision. I mean, you're 30 feet from the next house over. (laughs) So, but we built this little track and we would rip around down there. Um, and then ended up having to sell that because I didn't ever take it out of the neighborhood. So it like never got ridden. Mm -hmm. Um, and then fast forward to went to college, went all through college. I'd always been like kind of like a sleeper, like like a big fan of Supercross. I think I've still been to Supercross in Atlanta every year since I think I missed like one or two years, but pretty much every year since wow. 2005. Wow. Like we were like big time Supercross cars. I remember it was either the first or second time I went to Supercross. Mm-hmm. We we were like sitting like near the aisle. And they started handing out all these yellow shirts that had a number four on them. And we we're like, number four, that's like Ray Carmichael. That's kind of, why are they handing out these shirts? And that was back then, like, like now, like the opening ceremonies, they're all kind of like the same thing. They just like mm-hmm. come out from the monster logo and grab a few wheelies. Back then it was like a huge deal. And yeah. like people were like doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So Ricky Carmichael, he walked down our aisle, like as his intro. And I gave no him a big way. old high five. And like, you know, a little like middle school Connor's like, I just high five Ricky Carmichael. They're watching this anime. And I, I remember <laughs> they played the song Hero by Foo Fighters no as he went around. Way. And a little like middle school me was like, oh, oh, this is my song. He's my hero. Literally my hero walking yeah. by me. And so we've pretty much gone every year uh, since I guess like fifth grade. I remember like watching, you know, like Ricky and James battle. Mm-hmm. Chad Reed was obviously in there. Yeah. Um, I remember the very first year I went. There was one two-stroke there. It was Mike Brown, mm. who now he's retired. We got to watch him win at Loretta's. Yeah, dude, that was, oh my <laughs> um, gosh, that was cool. But that was the only two-stroke I'd ever seen race Supercross. Um, and then, oh, I also got, well, we'll save this story for another time. Anyway, fast forward. So I, I, I was still like, you know, watching a lot of the races. But the problem was like, when I was in college, I knew zero people that liked dirt bikes. Yeah, so, dude, like, same. Yeah, and was, like, the thing is like, what are you gonna do like sit in your room yeah. on a saturday night by yourself <laughs> watching dirt bikes that's the one thing i hate about like supercross and motocross mm-hmm. is it's on saturdays yeah and if you don't know anyone that's into it it's yeah. like you're just gonna like watch it by yourself watch it by yourself on a saturday night while everyone yeah. else is like out, out doing fun. fun things yeah like so but i still tried to like keep up with it pretty pretty well um i'd always been kind of like a little like a like closet fan i guess yeah um yeah and then finally come so I graduated from college, started working, got a job. Um, and then come last January, or no, no, what happened was last December, me and my dad went to Durham town and rented dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. And I convinced him, I was like, Hey dad, let's like go to Durham town. Well, you can rent bikes there. So we rented bikes. Like, let's just like go and like, you know, we'll put around and have a good time. So we went and I, we went and when I got back, I was like, all right, that was ridiculously fun. I forgot how much fun it is to ride yeah, a dirt bike. Yeah. And I was like, I have, I'm financially stable enough. I was like, screw it, I'm going to buy a dirt bike. Yeah. And I knew zero people that were into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a couple of friends, like like David, who yeah. 
I'm sure he'll be on the podcast sometime soon because he's got now David has a bike right there. Yeah. Um, it sits more than it rides, but we're going to talk about uh, it right now. <laughs> but uh, I knew like David like kind of likes dirt bikes. I never expected him to buy one or anything, mm-hmm. but I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy the dirt bike. I really want something to like tinker with. Yeah. Because. Just get your feet wet. Well, I, so I, I have a forerunner and I really liked doing stuff to my forerunner. Mm-hmm. The problem was like everything I wanted to do to the forerunner was like at least a thousand dollar project yep and i was like i can't afford to like build myself a cool forerunner yeah it's gonna cost like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah and then like every time you go and ride like off-road you're mm-hmm. like risking the thousand dollar breakage yeah and i was like i can't do this i was like you know what i'm gonna buy a dirt bike i'm gonna buy one that's like kind of a beater i'm gonna fix it up mm-hmm. and i'm gonna ride it and like if i can't find anyone to ride with and like i hate not being able to ride with anyone then i'll just sell it and have fun flipping a dirt bike. Sure. Cause I've been getting into watching all these YouTubers that were flipping dirt bikes. Like Cam Namella is like the most popular guy. Yeah. Um, there's also this guy named Matt Berger. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen his stuff. I've probably seen a video or two. Of he's, his. he's like, so, so Cam, I don't think he flips his bikes. He just like builds sick bikes and yeah. he, he, he makes plenty of money off of YouTube views. But this guy, Matt, he like buys bikes like with the intention of flipping them for a profit. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously it's a lot of fun doing it too. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I kind of want to like do something like that. So I'll have like some sort of engine to tinker on. Um, so anyway, I bought a 2001 CR125, found it on Facebook Marketplace. I remember I sent it, my dad was like, hey, what are you up to today? And I sent him a picture like, just bought this. He's like, no, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember I bought it. So I bought it back in January. I remember it was so cold outside. Oh man. And the bike needed some work. The, the forks were toast. Yep. Uh, the rear shock was toast. Yeah. Um, honestly, besides that, the motor was in really good shape. Yeah. Your bike was um, like, had, there was like no hours on that thing. Like, let's yeah. be real. Like when you had that thing apart and we got to see the insides, like there's no, yeah, there's like nothing wrong with this thing. Like, yeah, the, the, the motor was like in really good shape. I, I got a good deal on it because so the guy that I bought it from, he was like a four-wheeler mechanic huh. and he had just like gotten it as part of some trade for a four-wheeler and he was like, yeah, I don't really know anything about it. I've literally owned it for like a week. I just want to kind of get rid of it, which can kind of be a red flag because I was like, yeah, you know, this guy hasn't owned the bike, doesn't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever, it's a good deal. Sure. I'll get it. So anyway, I bought it, put some... Uh, put my numbers on it. Mm-hmm. I used to be number seven back when I was oh, yeah. back when I was in middle school. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's a little too like high level for me now. So now I'm four hundred six. Yep. Um, which is the area code for Montana, which is my favorite place to visit. Mm. Um, so that's why I picked four hundred six. So I threw some four hundred six numbers on there. Um, did a bunch of like little cosmetic things to it. The motor was in good shape. Um, rebuilt the suspension, and then so. So fast forward a couple months later, I meet Hayden. He buys a dirt bike that night. <laughs> so now I have a 2000 and a 2001 CR125. Yeah. Um, I also convinced my buddy David to buy a bike like two weeks before that. He has an 02 CR125, which is sitting just off camera right now. And so, yeah, now I've got three of us that ride dirt bikes. And about a month ago, I guess now, I sold that bike and just bought this bike, which is a 2015 YZ250F. Join the blue crew, even though oh, I've been a Honda right. guy my whole life. Yeah, right. Like, who's this guy? Um, but yeah, that puts us now. I finally, I'm about, so I bought this bike on a Tuesday. Oh, on yeah. Saturday, me and Hayden drove down to Monroe 
scrubbing dirt in Georgia and I finally race. got to compete in my first race ever. Yeah. That's gotta be crazy. Like going from like, we sold your two stroke and then drove an hour to go buy a four stroke the same night. Yeah. And then we get it back home. Like didn't know like hardly anything about it. I mean, we knew like it had maybe a fresh top end rebuilt. Um, I'm sure it did, but yeah, I mean, he showed us pictures. Yeah. So. So then we go rip it like as a test and tune day on Thursday at our compound. and Which we only had like an hour. Yeah, like daylight was like dwindling and we only had a little bit of time to actually ride. But you were out there and you're like, dude, this is like so different from us. Uh, well, yeah. So I, I obviously, you know, I grew up riding that 150 race bike, yep. four stroke, yep. which acts very similar to this mm -hmm. with my, you know, the power to weight of myself versus what I weighed in seventh grade. Sure. But I've been riding that 125 for the last six months and one thing i didn't realize was how you how use how much i got used to the engine braking on yeah. that bike and so like you know you just like coast into a corner and yeah, like carry momentum yeah and you're but like, like I, so the first time i got on this bike i was riding at the same where i like you know like let off the gas coast into this corner that you know <laughs> i had like 30 yards to, yeah. and just, as soon as you off, it's boom. It just stops, and you're like, dude. And so <laughs> that, that's like, I was like, man, I'm racing this bike in two days, and yeah. I'm this far off. But luckily, I mean, by the time we got, I accidentally ended up in two different practice sessions for the track day. So yeah. I got like three extra laps. Which was ridiculous, because they, like, I, like, first time I'd ever ridden there, and then they're like, oh, you only get three laps of practice, bro. I'm like rolling over every jump. Like I have yeah. no idea what's on the other side of this, like mountain of a jump. And like, these guys are like sending it and stuff too. I mean, most of everybody rolled over like the first lap, but like still it's like three laps to learn a track and then you're going to go race it. Like, I don't but know. by the end of the day, I mean, you, oh, yeah, you I mean, had but, it dialed. Yeah. Man. By the end of the day, I was like way faster than I was obviously in my first race, but yeah. Um, I really wish I had, I, I felt like I would have been like so much more competitive that day if I would have had like a day to practice on it, at least like the bare minimum. Well, now you probably feel pretty good about it because we got to practice. Yeah. We got to practice a day after then, yeah. the race. <laughs> <laughs> like thanks, thanks for all the help, you know, like yeah. I learned everything I need to know after the race, but um, yeah, it was still a lot of fun. Like dude, racing dirt bikes, like, yeah, it was, I, yeah, never thought I would be doing that, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Like I like dreamed of racing since like you know like sixth grade yeah and finally get to do it oh, finally man. like a month ago yeah and like we had met those guys with Sias and it being like super yeah. cool yeah like complete and strangers these, these two kids <laughs> that were like i mean they were probably like 16 years old you yeah know, we're like i'm 27 you're 24 24 these little like 16 year old kids they're like these guys were competing in like the like the a class yeah in monroe and so like they were like fast kids but they were like they were like all excited about helping us out yeah yeah that was like the highlight of their day was to be able to help us out like yeah these like middle-aged like midlife quarter life crisis kids you know like they don't say midlife crisis yeah hopefully it's not midlife yeah quarter life crisis people like we look like absolute goons out on the track but you know hayden has his electrical tape stickers yeah i'll throw a picture up of that but i had like electrical tape because you know, like who who puts graphics on like you know bikes anymore these days? And so I had to show up at the track with no graphics. Plus, like I'm not gonna spend thirty five dollars on graphics when I can spend thirty five dollars on like gas or oil or like spark plugs. You know, so um, it was just like crazy to think about. But um, man, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun racing. Well, let's take a break real quick. So this camera recording on only records for thirty minutes at a time. 
Yep. We're going to a quick break and then we will get right back to it. Sounds good. Welcome, All right. Welcome we're back. back. Welcome back. So you mentioned <sighs> earlier um, kind of like the upbringing on like your bikes and stuff. And honestly, off-road, I had never ridden a dirt bike uh, until I was like a middle schooler. Yeah. Um, grew up around like four-wheelers only, which is kind of weird because I hate quads now. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back, like quads suck. Um <laughs> But sorry, it, quad. Yeah, anybody, <laughs> if you ride a quad, like no, no shame to you. Cause like, they're just extremely dangerous, but like, so is a dirt bike. Um, yeah, but still I, I've, I've ridden a quad like a couple times in my life. Yeah. They always just, sketch me out. Yeah. I'm if you, just, if you get a little tippy on one of those things, like yeah, it's just a nightmare, which is even funnier because I also grew up riding on a three wheeler. Um, <laughs> even worse. True story. Yeah. True story. Like uh Honda three wheeler. I don't even know. It was like some, it was like a 300X or I don't even know. It was like a one, probably a 125 four stroke. Like it was like no power. Like they're super yeah. slow. Um, but they're also a great kind of like segue into like dirt bikes. But my buddy brought a three wheeler over and he's trying to teach me how to do wheelies on a three wheeler. Like it's so easy. Yeah. But me like being scared and timid, like quarter throttle, like not really even knowing what to do. But um, he had like kind of all the toys. And to be honest, like, great great friendship because he had all the cool toys and i would always go over to his place uh honestly i bet he only came over to my house like five times like the entire time we would hang out just because like he had all the toys and yeah. he couldn't really transport them to like my place and stuff but um yeah he had a three-wheeler he we had this old pw80 that we had like <laughs> beat the living snot out of yeah. so many times uh we used to ride that thing and like it would case anytime the wheels would come off the ground. So like anything that you hit, the suspension would just bottom out and, you know, three gears and we're hanging it wide, you know, down a driveway or yeah. whatever. But, um, yeah, like four wheelers, three wheelers, and then dirt bikes, um, kind of like segued into, um, like the whole moto moto world. But, uh, the one thing that like sealed the deal for me and like put me in the forever, like I love motocross was going to see red bud um, oh, yeah. every year back yeah, when so, I was a kid. So you grew up. Yeah. Growing up in Michigan, I was in the, you know, bottom <laughs> Southwest corner of Michigan, uh, red bud national track was 10 minutes from my house. And <laughs> on a quiet day, you could literally go here, like dirt bikes racing off in the distance. And I'd always be like, man, where's that coming from? But, um, Turns out, oh, yeah, it's just like one of the most legendary tracks yeah, in yeah, America. Yeah, like one of the most, <laughs> one of the most legendary tracks in the world. Yeah, seriously, like everybody knows Red Bud. Uh, like, Red Bud! Like everybody at the track <laughs> just like screaming Red Bud all day. But um, yeah, so like rode a dirt bike for the first time and like kind of got in with uh, my buddy Aaron. And um, we went 4th of July weekend every year for like four, four years in a row, like to um, Red Bud and just watch, you know, like the greats like watching Dungey, Roxon, you know, Tomac, Barsha just send it on the Rocco's Leap, man. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like your jaw's just dropping as a kid. And um, like these guys are absolutely like like the most fearless people on the planet in my eyes. And watching them hit these jumps like just blew my mind. And I'm like, dude, dirt bikes, dirt bikes, dirt bikes. And yeah, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like nobody in your school was really like into dirt bikes. So like you're kind of like this outcast in that way, which I was already an outcast in high school because, you know, just people are weird and <laughs> yeah. all that good stuff. But nobody else rode dirt bikes in high school. Like I kind of rode four wheelers with, uh, with a friend, Kyle. Uh, but 
I don't know. We never really like did anything outside of his backyard with that. But um, yeah, man, I was kind of just like a, an outcast in the eyes of, of the motocross industry, but, or like what people would call like normal people, like, Oh, you ride dirt bikes. Is this like redneck or something? Yeah. Like, you just get that, that stigma or whatever, but man, like screw them. Like dirt bikes Dude, are awesome. Some people just don't get it. Like I was yeah. the other day I was talking to my buddy, Ethan, and he's like big into mountain biking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you got to come ride a dirt bike. So I've yeah. been like tracking all my dirt bike stuff on my watch. Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you like your beats per minute, like while you're on the track and stuff. And like in the summer, like right now it's a little bit less, but like in the summertime, I was hitting like 180 beats per minute yeah, that's crazy. for like 15 minutes straight when I was mm-hmm. on the track. Yeah. And I was like, I was telling my buddy Ethan, I was like, dude, you got to come like ride dirt bikes. Like it's such a good workout. He's like, it's a good workout. Don't you just sit there and twist the throttle? And I'm yeah, like, ever, no. I hear that. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. And it's just like, y'all have like no idea. Um, but I mean, I, I think that it is the most physically demanding 100%, 100%, sport out there. Yeah. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, I, uh, yeah, I used to be in like pretty dang good shape. And like, this makes you feel like you're an absolute loser, mm-hmm. like getting off that bike. I've never been so exhausted in my entire life. Like, Arm pump is just like something new to me, obviously, because like yeah. as a kid, you never really experienced arm pump. But um, as an adult, like, holy cow, like it just completely like freezes your arm up and like yeah. your forearms are just like swollen like crazy. And like you can't even like flex your your forearm. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't like you can't like do anything. Your arms are just locked up. Yeah. But um, every time it's like still still to this day, like every time I go out, like the first moto that I do, like my first 15 minutes on the bike my arms are just like the most excruciating pain when I get off. But then like I'll rest and then go back out for another moto and I'll feel like way better and I can like sustain and it's just cardio at that point. But like you yeah. just get like mad arm pump from the get go. Yeah, well, well, I feel like what kind of screws me over a lot of times is like I'll get out there for my first moto of the day mm-hmm. and I get so locked up because, yeah. like, I guess you're just, like, not, like, you haven't ridden a dirt bike in a week, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, and you get out there, and, like, every braking bump, you're, like, all stiff as a up. rock. Yeah. And then, like, I'll get off the track, and I'll, like, you know, be all sore. And I'll be, like, oh, it's because I was, like, all stiff. And, like, you yeah. have to kind of tell yourself, like, hey, like. Relax. Yeah, like, relax yourself a little bit. And then, you know, mm-hmm. next time you go out, you're fine. Yeah. But uh, I think it is crazy how, especially, like, those guys at the pro level, like, mm-hmm. they're I riding, mean, you know, on a, on a Saturday for motocross. Two 35 minute motos, mm-hmm. you know, over an hour of riding at 100%. Basically. At 100%. And like the, I mean, just like from a physical standpoint, I mean, they're obviously in ridiculous cardio shape. Yeah. But then like the mix between that and I mean, you're throwing around a 250 pound bike in the air, mm-hmm. but then also like, like the motor skills that it takes, oh, like the, yeah. pre- like the like precision, like thinking and like, Balance. like balance like the just like how fast you have to make decisions mm-hmm. when you're riding a dirt bike yeah it has to be instinctual because if you have to think about it it's too late like it has yeah. to be like but like just head. like the mix of like all those like different things i can't think of another sport that like takes more than that yeah you know yeah i know like i mean you can look at professional athletes look at what they do to train um like when i got super big into like i would watch like obviously the moto movies and stuff and like watching you know like all the nationals and mm-hmm. supercrosses um but like watching the moto videos and movies those really got me a great perspective of like what it takes to be a professional like motocross athlete 
And you watch those guys and then you go watch like pro athletes like NBA, baseball, you know, like yeah. any, I mean, any like no doubt those guys are like oh. super talented. Yeah, and talent. like work super hard. Mm-hmm. But it's not, something about like that mix of like yeah. all the different things you have to be excellent at yeah. to be. Your cardio, like your balance, like those two separate things. And then also um, like reaction time. Yeah, like you're that's training, a huge part of you're it. You're training your entire body, man. You're not just training like a muscle category or, you know, anything like that. Like your legs, your upper, your like your body's split in half, like your legs and upper body. Like there's so many different like um responsibilities that each half of your body take and to sync those up it's like yeah it's incredible Plus you also also have to be like pretty fearless to become a professional racer and yes like i mean honestly like like the thing that's kind of a bummer about it is like a good part of it is like getting lucky to not get injured yeah learning because i mean like i also can't think of another sport where you can get more injured so easily yeah seriously like it's it's is equally as rewarding it's equally as dangerous mm-hmm. um and like the learning aspect of it like you watch like watching these kids grow up riding bikes like going from an 85 to a 254 stroke and they're like given all this power and stuff like that like i don't know honestly like i don't know how they don't kill themselves because like <laughs> well there's even times like like i'm super slow right now still same but like there's times when i'm out there and like i'm like man if i like if the bike locked up off this jump or if, yeah. I, if something wrong happened, yeah. like I would be done for. Exactly. Like and I'm not even going that fast. No, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're doing like big doubles and like some smaller triples and stuff like that. But like if the bike has any sort of like mid air crisis, like you're, or if I make a mistake, yeah, like you're going off the face of the jump and you like, you slip a peg or like you downshift or whatever. Like you just miss a gear, a false, a false neutral. Like that happens on me all the time, but like yeah. on the ground, but, um, yeah, man, like it, it can go wrong like so quickly and you have like no time to react to it. But yeah. Worth it though. Oh, hundred percent. Like I, if I, if I had the opportunity to like do this for a living, I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're too old for that. Yeah. <laughs> should have started about, are we? should have started about, you know, 25 years ago. Are we though? Are we? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like. I could go to Loretta's and race in the 25 or 30 or 40, 50 plus class, like in my Dude, lifetime. Dude, we, like, we watched that 50 plus class. Those guys are so I don't know fast. If they, I, don't, I, don't, I guess it was 40 plus. Yeah. It was like Mike Brown won the thing. Mm-hmm. Then Jeff Emig came in second. Yep. And then Rhino came in third. Yeah. On his like 1986. Yeah, 1986, seven or whatever. CR250. Yeah. But that was a blast. So, so this year, we, we, I guess we can go ahead and talk about Loretta's if we want. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I, I've lived in Tennessee for like eight years, mm-hmm. Nashville. You lived here for a couple years. Yeah. I've never been to Loretta's. Same. I'd always like. It's always heard, talked about. Yeah, yeah. I always heard like, oh, yeah, there's just like big amateur race. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the Super Bowl for amateurs. And it's in <laughs> at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Tennessee. And I was like, that can't be that far from me. So I looked it up. It's like an hour away. But I'd never gone. And like last year was kind of weird because like Corona was going on. Also, I had nobody to go with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go myself. Yeah, go this to, year, to I, I, you know, me and Hayden have become friends. And I was like, yo, yeah, you want to go check out Loretta's? 100%. And Hayden's like, yeah, I'm down. And so like I had tried to like. I, I knew nothing about the event and like there's not much information online about it. Yeah, it's kind of like you have to just already know it. Like I remember even like I don't even think they had announced the race schedule to like a couple weeks before. Yeah, if, and, that, if that too. 
And like, I was trying to look on their website, like no offense to Loretta Lenzo, they, they could use some website work. But I, I remember I didn't, I was like, how much does it cost to even go to this thing? Like, I couldn't figure out any of the pricing information or anything. And so I think I just like racer X posted on Instagram, something about it. And I like posted in the comments is like, yo, does anyone know like how to buy tickets for this? And like one person commented like, Oh, it's free. You don't have to have a ticket. And I was like, all right, guess we're going off that. Yep. So, so me and Hayden, we wake it. So this is Saturday, the last day of Loretta's. They've been yep. racing all week. Obviously, we couldn't go during the week because we have jobs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we went on the Saturday, which is the last day of Loretta's. Mm-hmm. And we just, we roll up. We end up parking like three miles away the first time. And we we're like, oh, I think we can like maybe hear the track. Let's just walk this way. We walked for like a little bit. Finally, we asked them. We we're like, yo, is this the track nearby? They're like. No, it's like three miles up the road. Yeah, we're, we're so, we park the truck and we get out. Like there were like, like people like in like with dirt bikes around yeah. that were always yeah, yeah. there for Loretta's. But yeah. I guess it's such a big event that some people have to. They have to. Their, park their little shop is like three miles, miles away. Yeah, miles away. From so yeah, you know, we get back in the car. We drive up and then finally we like, see a school bus. Yeah, and yep. so like there's just, like random like off the road parking, pulling off the road, jumping the school bus. So he's like, "Oh hey, you're here for Loretta's." We're like, yeah. She just like drove us straight to the straight front to the of the event. Yeah. And we were like, oh. And so we, we pull up and there's like kids on 65s going. Yeah. And we're like, holy crap. This is crazy. Because yeah. they were like, like I'd never seen, I'd never even been to an outdoor motocross race. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd been to all this, like a bunch of supercross races. I'd never been to an outdoor event at all. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this is cool. Like you can like stand wherever you want. Like. Mm-hmm. And so we walk in and we go up to this jump, which like if you saw any of the highlights from Loretta's, this was like the biggest jump, the, the one that everyone this is massive triple, which, they're, which they're like so we were, we were watching like 65s go and you're like, they obviously weren't jumping very far. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember like it was, so it was like a, it was almost like a, like a single with like a really long landing. Yeah. And these kids on the 65s, they were jumping like probably like 40 the, feet. Yeah. I mean, 40, there were, 50 feet. There was then, a double so there was, line, but. So there was the single, it was, it was, I guess it was more like a tabletop, yeah. like a tabletop with like a landing a good ways down. But then there's like the tabletop landing and then like flat and then past it, there was like this little single. Yeah. And I told Hayden, I was like, oh, I bet when like the, when like the pro sport class gets out there, I bet they'll be able to make it to that. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, probably. So the next race was the super mini race. I thought it was the 85. It was the 85s or super No, minis. the next one was uh, Deegan. Oh, that's right. It was and, the super uh, mini that I mean that whole crew yeah. um and then they just go and so so yeah we're like oh yeah I bet they'll clear that one so the the supermen get out there and very first lap they just send it unfreaking believable I'll, I'll post a video of it in the video version of this podcast yeah because so so we were we were excited to see Hayden Deegan because I mean mm-hmm. we're like you know yeah obviously it, it can be it can Deegan be basic fans, or like, like stereotypical I'm a, I, I love Brian Deegan's attitude, which we can get yeah. into that a whole another time. Yeah. Love love Brian Deegan. Obviously, cheering for his son. Yeah, of course. It was our first time ever seeing him race. Shares the same name as me. Like, he named his son <laughs> after me. Like, I have to be there, you know? So, so this was like, we roll up like 10 minutes for Deegan's race on Saturday. Yeah. And the kid is just sending it. There's there's like four kids in that super mini class that were oh, sending yeah. this jump. So, it was so rad. And like they are always like the fastest ones out there. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, uh, Janik, the the uh, teen green kid, he mm-hmm. wasn't sending that jump, but he's the one that ended up winning 
One of the super oh, mini classes. Yeah, the one, the one Kawasaki on the yeah. in the one ten um, but but like the top five guys besides that were They're sending all. it, and it was insane. Yeah, and like and they we were, were we were right at the landing too. Like you would hear those bikes go off the face of the jump, and then you would hear the thud of a yeah. like a one ten hitting the ground. Well, like, I remember I, oh I got it. In, I got one video of Hayden hitting it in slow motion, and when he lands on the other side of that little single. Mm-hmm. His heels touch the ground. Yeah. That's how bottomed his, out the suspension dude, got. The suspension's completely bottomed out. Like his pegs are hitting the dirt. Like you watch his heels scrape, you know, mud off the ground and oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. Like how far these kids are sending, you know, a bike that you can probably bench press, maybe. I mean Yeah, I mean a, a super mini is probably 150 pounds. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's a most. 112, and our 125s are well like 200. Yeah, my yeah, my one twenty five. Which is a smaller frame and stuff, smaller wheels, so it's probably mm-hmm. like one fifty. Yeah. Um but just that was uh, once I saw that, like I, I had obviously seen like the Deegans on YouTube and like had seen I I'd watched like a couple of the Loretta's races earlier that week. Mm-hmm. But after like seeing that in person, that was the moment I was like, Holy crap, I will never in my life be half as fast as yeah. these. 15 year old kids exactly like realizing like <laughs> never thinking about putting yourself in a place but like um like you know i thought i was tough stuff on a on a motorbike but you watch these kids a quarter of your age sending you know jumps that i'm on a full-size 125 and i would yeah. never even think about sending that thing wide open but these kids are just fearless man like i don't know like like bigger balls than i do it looks like but um, well, then I'll remember that. So there, I forgot who it was, but there was in that last, the very last super mini race of the day. It was literally the last race of Loretta's. Mm-hmm. That, that same jump we were talking about, we went back over to it at the end of the day because we were like, this is like the coolest place to be. Yeah. And this kid almost landed on oh, that yeah. other kid. Yeah. One of the kids doubled and the other kid like tripled it. And, and um, he was like literally like an oh, inch away dude. from just crushing this kid. Yeah. He jumped over him. Yeah. So the kid that doubled was going slower and the kid that tripled he jumped over him and landed like literally right in front of him like i can't even imagine just being riding and all of a sudden seeing a bike land right in front of you yeah and, like that was it, it would have been it would have been horrific but in the, in the moment, yeah in, in the moment like that was like insane like so cool but like looking back at that like that could have been absolute catastrophe yeah but i mean that, that kid was just like screw it i'm going yeah. for the win i mean and i mean he, he pulled it off i guess Dude, that's a um, gnarly jump but so let's go back to the beginning of that day at Loretta's. Mm-hmm. So we, we saw that race. Yep. And then we were like, oh, I guess we'll just like kind of walk around and like see what's going on. Check out the pits. So, yeah. So we just like, we literally walked around the whole track. We, where did we go after that? We went there. So there were a couple of like, like factory type teams there. Like yeah. Sorry Omaha was there with Levi Kitchen and Nick mm-hmm. Romano. We like just walked. We maybe just walked through else. some of the pits, man. So, um, so we kind of walked around, um, and then we're like, "Oh, let's go like see like where the Deegans are hanging out." Because you know they've been posting on Instagram all week, like yeah. them by the river, yeah. or, you know, Gotta chilling out. out. So we ended up finding Deegan stuff, and Brian Deegan was out there, like giving out a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, and you know there were like there was like a bunch of people lined up to get autographs, and so we we're like, "Oh, well, like." get to meet Dean what's like we'll see what's up and so he like signed a hat and then Hayden Hayden Meyer not Hayden Deegan yeah was like you asked him something you're like yo like what do you think about this 
And we ended up talking to Brian Deegan for like 30 minutes. Yeah, we just had a whole bunch of conversations. It was cool because like there were all these people that were just like, hey, can I get a picture? All right, thanks. See you. Hey, can I get a picture? All right, see you. And then finally, like someone was was like, hey, man, like, like what's what's up? Like, let's talk about something. And you could tell Brian Deegan was like, finally, someone that doesn't just want my autograph and get out of here. And so we we ended up, I mean, you kind of led the whole conversation, Mr. Ultra Extrovert. (laughs) But I mean, we ended up talking to Brian Dean for like 30 minutes, which was like, that was probably the coolest part of the day. Yeah. Like when, when you get to talk to like your hero growing up, like that's like, you don't really get to do that often. And like Mm -hmm. now that he's a dad and like raising, you know, like superstar kids, like you don't really get to be in the same environment as him let alone like having a one-on-one conversation with him. Like his time is like so valuable and stuff. Like he's, he's just busy, you know? Like, yeah. So to be able to stand there and talk to him and then like talk about like real talk too. Like we were talking about how like, um, the two fifty and four fifty riders, like, you know, getting a spot for like a, a two fifty seat and like yeah. a, on a race team or whatever, it's like super hard. And like, there's so many people who've been in a two fifty class for so long. Like, and then, you know, like they just, either not going anywhere or, or whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, I was just talking to like a guy from your past, like a hero, you know? Yeah. Like, so like, I remember like surreal. I mean, like when I was like growing up, like I was always big into watching the X games back yeah. when the X games were like, yeah. you know, like, like they still do a lot now, but like, I feel like back when I was in like elementary and middle school, like the X games were like a huge deal. Oh yeah. Like I remember watching live Travis Trying to do the double backflip. Yep. That yep. was like the most mind blowing thing ever. Yeah. And like then like the whole like I mean, when I was watching X Games growing up, like the Metal Militia was like a huge yeah, part yeah. of X Games. Obviously yep. Deegan was there. Mm-hmm. Um and then there was like the whole Pastrana and like that side of things. And so to like literally like, be like talking to this dude, like who's like, man, like I grew up like like this dude like lived it. Defined the sport. Yeah, he lived and lived bo- the both sport. freestyle and I mean now he's like just what he's done for Moto recently too, like mm-hmm. I, I think they're the most popular Moto YouTubers. I would say so. And I mean, I they kind of they kind of like led the way in that, didn't they? Huh? They kind of like started and like led the way through like that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, they've got over the they've got over a million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, um, which is huge. Because but I mean, I I, I would put small. money on that they've brought thousands of people into the sport just through that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like. A million people watch, you know, a motor pod, like motor. You know how many kids are probably like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a big part of their audience is like younger kids, like middle yeah. schoolers and stuff. You know how many kids there probably are that like they would have turned to video games or something, but now they're seeing, oh, the Deacons are out riding yeah. and they're having so much fun. I, I want to get a dirt bike. Too. Yeah. I'm sure that there's thousands of people that have been brought in by them. 100%. Um, so anyway, it was super cool to get to talk to him. Um mm-hmm. And then after that, we we watched a few other races, um, kept walking around, and then we I saw Ryan Hughes just like sitting eating an apple yeah, or something. Yeah, like he was just eating a snack and lunch. For I hour. had just recently listened to the Gypsy Tales podcast that he was on, mm-hmm. where he was talking about like knee braces and neck braces, and what was crazy was he. Uh, in that podcast with Gypsy Tales, he called out Marvin Muskan. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was he was just like giving an example. He's like, yeah, and like, you know, like Marvin Muskan, he's worn this neck brace and his form hasn't changed in six years. Yep. And that's why he never wins because everyone else is progressing and he's not. The very next week, Marvin took off his neck brace 
and won a supercross. Yeah. And so we, anyway, so we just see Rhino like sitting. So he was there obviously racing one of the vet classes. Mm -hmm. He had brought this 1986, I think old school 250 CR250 and he was like the talk of the vet class because oh, like 100%. it was obviously like all these guys on brand new dirt bikes mm -hmm. and then Rhino on a 1986 CR250 <laughs> and he was like still crushing it oh he's flying so, he, like, he absolutely like he's probably like the, the biggest inspiration for me like keeping this like older dirt bike yeah just because like I don't know there's something sentimental like I grew up in the 2000s, like the early 2000s. So like when I like look back, like obviously I'm not like older, like old enough to be like, oh, the 80s were my my thing, you know, like the 80s, 90s kids, you know. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like most of my memories obviously come from like the 2000s and stuff like that. But man, like living in that kind of era and like hanging on to something in that area, is, it's just sentimental. Like so for the guy, like Rhino, like he rode back in like the 80s and stuff, like that's his bike. Like that's... That's the kind of stuff that he grew up riding. Yeah. So that that's just super cool. And plus how fast he still is. Like Yeah, I think he ended up placing third overall. Yeah, and I'm at, and and on that, an and that class. Bike. So it was him on his Super World bike versus I think it was four fifties. Yeah, it was four fifties. And then Jeff Emmett came in second on mm -hmm. a but he's just on Husky yeah, he's on one, one I think it was a one fifty two stroke. Um but I mean, yeah, obviously both, yeah. all, all three of the top guys were at one point professional motocross riders. Yeah. Um, so, but it was, so we ended up getting to talk to Rhino for a while, mm -hmm. um, which that, that's the cool thing about Loretta's that I thought was like, like I've been to the Supercross pits before um, and like you get to meet riders there, but it's like, there's a huge line. Yep. You get to talk to them for 10 seconds at most. You yeah. shake their hand, get your yeah. autograph. And then like, it's like. Well, there's a hundred people behind you, so you can't stick around and talk to them. Mm -hmm. But here, it was like, we, literally, Rhino was just sitting by himself. We're like, oh, let's just go talk to that guy. Yeah. And so we just went up and talked to him for 20 good, minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> get a little bit of time. And that's just another thing. Like, I feel like that's the difference between, like, Supercross and Nationals. Because uh, I had a similar experience with Nationals as well. Like, being a Red Bud, like, Red Bud's huge. Like, Red Bud is, like, you know, the most talked about, you know, event in southwest corner of Michigan. So, uh -huh. um I met Ken Roxon for the first time at Red Bud and he was signing autographs and you know like I was probably a freshman in high school or in like an eighth grade or whatever uh -huh. and you know like back then I was like this guy's my idol like Ken Roxon was my guy like I love Kenny um, and I'm still a huge Ken Roxon fan but he was he was on a Suzuki at the time um, and you know I'm like Suzuki's life and <laughs> I got to talk to Ken Roxton for like a short bit of time. Um, but like looking back, I'm like, I'm so like foolish for like saying things I just said, but like as a kid, you're like, whatever. So Ken Roxton's signing autographs and he's getting ready to leave. And like, we're kind of in the back of the line and I'm like, dude, I got to say something. It's Ken Roxton. Like I got, yeah. I got to talk to Ken Roxton. <laughs> and so I'm like, Ken, Kenny, Ken Roxton. And he like turns, he's like, Hey, what's up, man? I'm like, the first thing that came to my head was, how long can you ride a wheelie, dude? <laughs> like, you're going to ask a professional motocross rider, like, how long he can ride a wheelie? And, and I, I think I said, like, 
how long can you ride a wheelie in like third gear or something like it's like what kind of a question is that and like it's the first thing that came to my mind yeah i was like i can't do a wheelie so like i want to know how hard he, like yeah. how easy it is for him to do one he's like oh dude as long as i want and he like just gives me the, like <laughs> like the rock on dude and he walks off and i like turn to my buddy and i'm like oh like, can Roxy just talk to us like we're like, we're like we were like on fire like the entire day but like that's like the kind of experiences that like shape your childhood man yeah. like Going to Loretta's, going to Redbud, like meeting these like iconic people that like we grew up watching and um, just had a passion for. Like, it's so cool, man, to like meet your like superstar. Like, I literally have a fat head or like a poster of him like sitting on that wall. Yeah. And then to go like talk to him at a race, like that is just like so cool. But um, yeah, like honestly, I don't know really any many sports that allow you to like meet the people that are like racing like that fluently. Like, it's just yeah. a different kind of sport and a different kind of feel, but yeah, man, there's there's no football games where you're like, yeah, you're like going you to just, hang out with yeah. the players before the game. Exactly, <laughs> like this guy is literally about to go shred on a dirt bike, and I just like you know said the most ridiculous question I could come up with, yeah, like to his face, and he like talked back to me, like that was just so cool, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, dirt bikes, freaking awesome. Uh, like honestly, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it, but. I love it, man. Yeah. This is something about it. So, yeah, so we got to meet Rhino. Yep. And Deegan. we watched. So, I'll, I'll get to that. I yep. know what you're about to say. I know. I almost said so it. So, <laughs> we, we had watched a few races. And then, so, I guess one of the last races of the day was the pro sport class. Mm hmm. And we got to go, like, we went to, like, that monster lounge. Yeah, dude. Never, been, we were, like, never been around anything like that. That was really cool. Yeah. We were, like, right there at the finish line. I don't know if, like, just, like, not many people showed up. Or like what They're the deal was, like but, free Monster Energy drinks and like yeah, those I mean, are like three dollars. I mean, they sponsor the whole event, so I mean, it sure. cost them nothing. But uh, we basically so there was like the VIP suite like right above us, mm -hmm. and there was just like a stage right below us. We just stood there and watched, watched the pro sport class, which was right at the finish line jump. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, and so obviously the front owner of that was Levi Kitchen, who I honestly didn't know a ton about him before. Yeah, I honestly didn't I, I knew about that. Him. So he had raced at. Did you race at Redbud? I think oh. he did. It, it was he had the raced. At, never ring a bell. He had raced at one pro national before Loretta's. Huh. And yeah. So I I yeah. heard them talk about it, um, on Peacock when like when I was watching it, they're like, oh yeah, there's this guy Levi Kitchen, and then so we had to see him race. He won the pro sport class, um, and like it was like super hype. Mm -hmm. He like you know we went and watched this whole podium thing, and then like Tim like. 20 minutes later, me and Hayden were just walking around and we see Levi Kitchen just like standing by his bike over in, his, over in the pits. Yeah. I, 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 and like the picture I have in my head is like he's signing like one of his rear fenders and like giving it to a kid. Yeah. And like, but there was like, that was like the only two people there. There was like no yeah, one else around. No line, no nothing. And so we were like, just Levi. Go talk to Levi Kitchen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. So we walked up to him and he was like the coolest guy ever. Yeah. We talked to him for like 20 minutes. Yep. He kind of gave us his whole, like, he told us a lot about like his upbringing, how he, like, wasn't, like, trying to become a professional rider. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he ended up um, doing pretty well at Loretta's, like, two years ago, I think. Yeah, he, he said he never really gave it, like, a much like much effort or whatever. Like, he wasn't really, like, fully committed. Mm -hmm. And then he found out he was, like, kind of fast and, like, like kind of really wanted to, like, progress in this. And he got, like, serious about it and, like, 
dude, he took off like crazy. He he's got so much raw talent. Like, yeah. Well, uh, then he obviously he ended up you know signing the Star Yamaha yeah. as an amateur, mm-hmm. um, and now he's racing pros. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> we have to see him race out the rest of the yeah. Got my after Loretta's, <laughs> yeah, Hayden got his goggles signed by him, which didn't keep the signature, but yeah, it's whatever now. Uh, I had to wear them. One so. thing that I wish I would have known. So, uh, like obviously they're in the off season right now. Like mm-hmm. two weeks ago, Levi Kitchen went to Montana and fly fish for like a week straight. Yeah, like that's, and like that's for you. those that don't know on the podcast, I'm like pretty huge into fly fishing. Yeah, I was like, man, if I would have known Levi Kitchen was into fly fishing, we'd have like talked about that. Yeah. That would have been sick. And then not only that, but like maybe you would have gotten his contact info. I mean, I don't know where he's at. Like, <laughs> I don't know where he's at right now, like, but imagine, like... Well, according to you, we're going to have him on the podcast soon, so... Oh, yeah. We'll have Levi on here in no time. He'll be a, a regular or whatever, but... Yeah. But, yeah, he was, like, super cool. Um, and that was kind of how we ended our trip to Loretta's. Mm-hmm. We got to meet him. Then we watched Deegan race his last race ever. I think he... I don't think he won that class. He won one super mini class, and he lost the other one because that... Yeah, he, had he got a, landed on yeah. earlier in the week. That was yeah, that was early in the week. But I think that was just a a heat race. Um, so like, there's like two races or whatever. So there were two super mini classes. He yeah. won one of them and he didn't win the other one. Okay, yeah, he got like second or third, or did uh, he went like one DNF or did he go? Yeah, he went like well, so there were three motos. He went like one DNF three or something like that. I don't oh, okay. know. Okay, but so he recovered a little bit. But. I don't remember if that was the last race of the whole thing or not. But mm-hmm. we had to see him do his last race. Um, and yeah, that was our Loretta's trip. Cheers. Drove an hour back home. <laughs> yeah, reminded me so much of Redbud, man. Like, Redbud was so cool. Um, and that was the only place I'd ever gone to like watch a dirt bike race, mm-hmm. or, like motocross. And watching Loretta was just like fleeting all the like memories back. And like, yeah, um, like walking around with a pair of goggles around my neck, like an absolute <laughs> idiot. It's just like so much fun though. Um, you know, like it's kind of like you can kind of like just goof around and have fun and just be who you are. You don't really got to worry about like, cause if I was doing that, like outside of motocross, people would just be like, yeah. you're so weird. Like get out of here. But, um, you can almost be a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. You can be there. like a little bit like childish yeah, too. Like exactly. Exactly. Like we're going, we're like grown adults, like going absolute bonkers at like a kid's nationals base and <laughs> we can get away with it because, you know, it's just an environment. But uh, that's honestly like, I'd love to talk about like the moto community in general is just like some of the most amazing people. Like I can't, yeah. I've only had one, one minor incident with somebody <laughs> in the moto community. Well, that's because um, you were disobeying the rules. <laughs> well, I didn't Which, know I was disobeying the rules. I just got like, you're just on my case, like immediately, like. Um, like, I don't, I mean, like, no, no, like bad words about the guy, but like, he just seemed like not yeah, happy with the, what the, I was doing. We won't, we won't name the track. There, there's a track that we've been to before. That yeah. The people that work there are a little, like they, they just assume that you already know all the rules without yeah. them telling you. Yeah. And then yeah. they like flip out if you accidentally do something wrong, which yeah. is like, it's whatever. They yell at you once and you're like, all right, now I know how to do yeah, that. Yeah, and like and like if I if I would have known the rules and like obviously like known what to do, like I never would have had a, a bad moment with them. But um everybody else that I've met in the motor community is just like some of the most genuine people. Like why? I don't know, but like um like meeting new people, like I I I literally pulled up to a random guy's house, you know, I saw a track <laughs> in his front yard, and yeah. I'm like like I wanna ride my dirt bike here, like 
I'm just going to go knock on the door. The guy was literally the nicest guy ever I've ever met. And we talked for like 30 minutes and he's like, yeah, dude, if you want to come out here, like sign this, like, like waiver or whatever. And like, like flip me some cash. Like I can go ride my dirt bike, like whenever I want there. And he's literally genuine, the most like awesome guy. Like he cares about like what you did. Like he asked when I went and did my first race at Monroe and like, he's like, how were you? Like, how'd you play? It's like, how's the track feel? Like, is there any, like ton of feedback like people in the community have just been like so awesome um and especially like i know in the fly fishing you've mentioned fly fishing the communities and like i've also been in other different communities and i've never come across a community is like this amazing like yeah. there's so much support just so much enthusiasm and people just are genuine like it's, everyone it's, just wants everyone to have the most fun yeah and it's, it's like what it's all about it's so cool love the community man like i couldn't give enough praise to it but yeah, um, 100% agree. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, and most of the time, you know, I don't think I've ever met like just a normal guy. Like there's always somebody there who's just like this, like, he's just like us, like kind of like weirdos in, in our own way. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like there's, there's always like the wackos like trending in like, I don't know, there, there were, there's, there's just a lot going on and you get to see a lot of different people. It's a demographic or whatever, but yeah. um, it's just unique. You can't really compare the moto community to a lot of other things because they're just nice people out there. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very special community. Something that I had never, I didn't even remember. Like, I don't know, back like when we used to ride middle school, I guess we like kind of kept to ourselves pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But like now it's like me and you go out to track, like we're like always talking. Like, to hey, somebody. let's meet some people. And we're like yeah. hanging out with people and like everyone's like all about it mm -hmm. at these tracks. 100%. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I think that's probably a good place to end our first ever podcast. I'd agree with that. Um, on the break, we were talking about a potential name. Yeah. Uh, what do we say? The the D class moto podcast. Yeah, like, or something. Like so for those listening, crisis. me and Hayden are like we're pretty dang slow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're like a mid pack D class. If there even is a D class. Yeah. So we we rode the beginner class at Monroe mm -hmm. about a month ago. We. So the first race, we both finished about mid-pack. Second race, you finished about mid-pack. Yeah. I, you know, me doing, you know, zero starts ever. Yes. Yeah, I, stalled, <laughs> I stalled off the start gate. Oh, man. Started about 40 seconds behind everyone because this four-stroke does not like to start once yeah. it's warm. Got to shim the valves. Um, and, but I still ended up passing two people, which I was very proud of. Dude, honestly, like, um, never been so satisfied with something like that. Like, making yeah. a pass on somebody. Of course, every person that I pass, I crashed into. Yeah. I didn't go down, but they yeah, went down. We'll, we'll talk about that on the next yeah. one, about you taking people out. Yeah, dude, <laughs> etiquette on a track. Oh, my gosh. I need oh. to learn what that is. Yeah. Um, that was, like, a rude awakening, uh, especially on, like, a slower bike than everybody else. Mm -hmm. But, um, dude, man. <laughs> There's so, so many cool stories and like experiences to talk about. It's just so much fun. Well, we'll talk about it next week on the podcast. We've got definitely unlimited amount of time. So, yeah. So we'll come up with a new name. Um, not a new name. We'll come up with a name. Uh, we're kind of thinking like D class D, um, moto podcast or like, you know, like quarter life crisis because we're yeah, both something like, about us being slow and old and yeah just just now getting super passionate about the sport so oh, yeah i know <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll figure something out and then i mean by the time this comes out we'll have a name so yeah, if if sure. you're listening to this you already know the name of it so it doesn't really matter anyway <laughs> exactly They're like what are they talking about <laughs> yeah but, but all right well i guess that's a wrap on our first episode sounds good dude
Cheers, man. See y'all later. Toast.